As you might notice, I don't have a little black book in front of me uh, because I do not have any particularly prepared remarks today, except that I want to um, call our attention to, and my attention, to Oan Zendo. Uh, we are going to be talking um, after Oriyoki practice about the Zendo, and um, I've been considering the, you might say, the seasons of Oan. Um, as the dedication uh, scroll down in the entranceway uh, indicates, uh, o- the way of Oan, the way of Oan is through the falling leaves of autumn, the bitter winter wind, the cool breezes of spring, and a drop of summer rain. Like every being, we go through changes. Impermanence, we call it in our practice. And Oan, too, has gone through many seasons. It's, it's fit, Oan Zendo is 15 years old. It's an adolescent. <laughs> and it's gone through the terrible twos. Um, <laughs> it definitely was the second year of Oan's existence was, you might say, pretty raucous and... <laughs> uncontrolled, and uh, we're trying to find our way. Um, And so we've been through, we've been through a lot in 15 years. Uh, People come, people go, practice changes, um, and this place has an independence It often feels to me like a living being in and of itself. More and more so as the years go by, I feel more and more as if um, I'm part of something much, much greater than I can imagine. And I'm remembering um, when this place was first dedicated by one of my teachers. After the dedication ceremony, uh, we were walking back to the main house, and he turned to me and said, Did you turn the lights out in the Zendo? And when he said that, I, I had this upwelling of emotion, um, realizing at that moment that it was no longer me building the zendo and establishing a dharma center, but now I was a caretaker. I was just 
someone who had to remember to turn the lights on and to turn the lights off, to sweep the steps, to light the candle, to make sure the incense was out. That my job was to take care of this place and to take care of the practice and to take care of the Sangha. And so it was, it was a, a big shift from being the builder, the designer, the uh, aesthetician, uh, but now just, just taking care of it. And that is truly when you move through the stages of practice to lay ordination, to priest ordination, to dharma transmission, you become more and more and more a servant, more and more a caretaker, less and less an authority on anything. And so I've been reflecting on this place and its endurance. Some of you have been here for, how long have you been practicing here? Ten years. Yeah. Judy, you've been here quite a while. Um, I think, yeah, I think John has been here longer than than anyone. Um, Seen changes, uh, lots of different changes. Uh, We almost had a a live-in priest from who used to practice here and went on for a master's degree in Buddhist studies at Harvard, and he was the first um, he was the first uh, person to graduate with a master's degree in Buddhist studies from Harvard, and he wanted to come back to Owan and be the resident priest. And he, we set this little kitchen up for him and a little bathroom. And I was just thrilled that we would have a resident priest from Harvard. Um, and he, he was very excited about, he, he originally practiced here and then went on to study further. And uh, so he lived here for a while. And then he apparently um, began to treat Owan as a little empire um, I don't know whether you remember Steve Rule. I think that was before me. Pardon? That was before me. Before you. Um, and so people were becoming, you know, we don't. Lo- we want Owan to stay small, and <laughs> we don't. We don't want this big empire to be built because this guy from Harvard really wanted to show his muscle, uh, and uh, so people started objecting to his attempt to make Owan something something really amazing in the world, like Harvard people are supposed to do. Um, and um, he didn't last that long, um, so he disappeared. And teachers have come and gone. Um, uh, practitioners or lay or ordination people have come and gone. So, but this place remains, and it, it, it absorbs all of that 
great energy that people have have contributed here. And others who come to visit Awan, even as a visitor, sense that. They sense that this place is a refuge. It, it is a place, a special place. And so I've been considering the nature of refuge because in our practice we take refuge when we chant our final closing chants. We chant the three refuges. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. And I take refuge in Zendo. I take refuge in this place too. And you know you can always come here. The Zendo is always open. The woods are always available to you. So I was wondering, I was reflecting back on times and places that I took refuge in when I was in distress, when I was lonely, when I was grieving, when I needed, I either needed a person or a song or a, 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 a particular uh, location. And I was wondering about where our Sangha members took refuge, uh, other places or people or situations that you would go to when you needed support, comfort, um, inspiration, peace. And so instead of my talking the whole time, this time, <laughs> which I'm inclined to do easily, I'm interested in hearing from you when you, either as a child, as an adolescent, now, can you share where you would go for refuge? And perhaps what was it about that place or person or situation that drew you there?